Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Danny, a.k.a. Dristiano. This is my dad, and this is your source to see the world through two different lenses of a father and son. Uh, first of all, how you doing, Dad? How do you like the mustache? I'm doing great, Daniel. Uh, mustache is interesting. <laughs> You're looking different every week. You got uh, so. Honestly, the mustache isn't my favorite, but you look cool. So I love that you're always trying different styles. And that's the thing that's another one of those awesome things about you is you're always just trying out new unique things and you're a unique person, which is amazing about you. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was in psychology class the other day and we started talking about empathy and all the different kinds of people, the way people like show empathy and there's actually two types of empathy. It's called cognitive and apathetic. Have you heard of that? No. Okay. So apathetic is more like it's so we, we basically separated into two categories. People who have more apathetic types of empathy are, <laughs> are autistic people and people who demonstrate cognitive empathy is psychopath essentially. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Really? Yeah. So the reason is, this is the literal definition of uh, apathetic empathy. It's just being able to like relate with someone's emotions. You just be able to share that connection. And a cognitive type of empathy is seeing someone. So let me put an example. Say you're on a plane and you're sitting probably the 15th row and you see someone 11th row all the way on the other side of the plane struggling to put their bag in the compartment. You see it but you don't have the intention to help. You realize it and you, you recognize it. But with apathetic empathy, it's more, you share that feeling. You, you would, you put themselves in their shoes. You would see them. Ah, that'd be so hard to put that in there. And it got me thinking about how, how do, how did we demonstrate empathy and what kind of empathy do I have? And I kind of put myself in the middle of those two. I think I have both kinds of empathy. And it just depends on each situation because empathy is a very subjective thing because a lot of people don't have, like they don't have the very, I guess, utilitarian definition of empathy embedded in their minds. It's more just empathy is, I want to feel what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we got to restart. No, you don't have to restart. We're just, we're just chatting. I mean, I love it. I think, you know, it ties back to a lot of the things that we were talking about last week, just getting perspective. And one of the things about perspective is for me is perspective of human emotion. And I think it's pretty awesome that this is what you decided to focus on this week, because part of kind of the escalating levels of human development is really truly having empathy and understanding what empathy is and can it be learned? So, I mean, I'll tell you, like for me, I really didn't have, you and I have talked about this. So it's extra interesting that you brought it up this week that I didn't really grow up with empathy. Growing up in a you know, New York type, first generation family of Italian immigrants, there was a lot of judgment. It's part of the culture of that group. It's part of the age demographic, you know, of people born in the early 1900s or, you know, early to, well, not even mid, but early 1900s uh, was just growing up with kind of, you focused on our, our people, if you will. And 
didn't really drive a whole lot of empathy. Uh, so I think it's really cool that you you bring that up. How do you how do you find kind of on a continuum of no empathy to the world's most empathetic person? You said you're in the middle of those two things, but what do you think you feel? Give me an example of like how you how you feel empathy towards others and what it makes you feel and what do you do? The way it makes me feel is that I feel guilty a lot because I put myself in people's shoes a lot of the times and I want to try to see how they see the world from their perspective. And I've been getting better at it because I used to just see the world through just my lens, you know, I'm just observing and I see it through my experiences. And one time I was, uh, I was sitting in the cafeteria and I see a person sitting by themselves and I put themselves, like I literally visualize myself. I put them in my, in their head and I would say, Oh, that must suck to be alone. It sucks to just not have anyone to communicate with because that little bit of human connection is so essential to just grow and just be happy. That's, that's all human connection does just keeps you happy with just these little conversations, hugs, little chats. And it's just essential. And going back to your point, I feel as if my generation, I feel it's more, it's different kinds of empathy. I was, I was raised with a lot of empathy. You guys taught me to, to be a lover, not a fighter. And traditionally, I I want to say that most kids in my generation are more empathetic or have more, are more sensitive, I should say, mm-hmm. than you're, you guys are more hard-headed. You guys, like, especially your family. You the, know, boomers. the boomers. Yeah, the boomers. The boomers. <laughs> and it's yeah, true. It's very, no, it is true. Like, people have changed. It's, it's very weird to see because you just see this gap of just, emotional tolerance if you will for lack of better words like it's 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 a demonstration of higher value and lower value between these generations so people just kind of put emphasis on different different like emotions you know what i mean so you you are more straightforward you're you're definitely less uh you definitely show less emotions than i do in some in some cases in some things but i feel as if we're pretty similar just I'm that little apple that fall that fell pretty close to the tree, but I still have like some things that you have and a lot of things that are different about me because mm-hmm. you told me a lot that you want to be like me. And I told you, I want to be a lot like you, but it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how, how much the generation has actually changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I mean, it's, it's an awesome observation because for me, you know, I always tell you, I think that human evolution Everybody, everybody evolves, whether it's intelligence, physical traits, emotional characteristics, and your, your generation definitely is much more in tune with your emotional abilities or capabilities or whatever you want to call it. You know, just the fact, like I say, when I watch you with all the guys, you guys all tell each other how you love each other, you take care of each other, uh, you're, you're much more connected and bonded on an emotional level. Now that doesn't mean everybody is, but you know we're kind of talking about empathy. So how do you think? Yeah, I'm glad you said you learned empathy from us. Yeah, I think you learned more more about empathy from mom than you did from me, for sure. But I'm glad that you know some of it has come out for me because I'm I'm on that journey. But it, but like you said, I got a lot of that from you and Carlo and mom for sure about learning that. So how do you how do you think you've leveraged empathy in your life in a positive way? And where do you think you still have to grow to be potentially more empathetic? 
I know I've been empathetic most of my life. And by definition, empathy is supposed to have this positive connotation. But for me, empathy has just been seeing things through other people's eyes. And by that definition, by stepping into other people's shoes, the more apathetic empathy, I've been doing that my whole life. I try to see how it's like to live as another person because I want to see how different my life is from other people's lives. And what was the second part of the question? How do you like, how do you take empathy and, and leverage it in a good way? Like what are examples where it's been good for you of being more empathetic towards people versus not? Mm. When I, there's definitely, there's definitely two sides to that. There's definitely sides where it helps me and doesn't, I would say it helps me to be a more understanding person mm -hmm. to just, as I said before, to see how other people see different things. And that's super important because a lot of people don't take the time to see, to just step into someone else's shoes because we don't know what's like, it's just like the bully scenario. Like the bullies at school, he bullies everyone because he has stuff going on at home, but no one knows that. And with me as a kid, I would realize, huh, why is he acting that way? And it's again from Ted Lasso, you have to ask questions to know people. That's the whole thing of having empathy. You just, you have to be curious. And a lot of people aren't curious. They lack that curious and empathetic values that I try to demonstrate. And, mm -hmm. and empathy is not always this positive thing. It also has negative things, which, which you're asking. And one of those things is just always feeling sorry for other people. I'm not perfect. I'm not this God, God like esoteric dude. I'm, I'm just a normal dude. But when I see people struggling, I tend to feel bad it tends to give me a lot of anxiety because i want to try and help as many people as i can like in a social aspect mm -hmm. and that kind of hurts me a little bit because a lot of people don't have the same skills to socialize yeah. the way i do i feel as if i'm pretty extroverted i like to go out and make friends and it hurts to see people that just struggle with that and they just yeah. live in this bubble where they just it just sucks to see people not have any type of human connection. It really sucks. Mm -hmm. And I feel as if that's where empathy really hurts Well, me personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of, is, is it empathy or sympathy, right? There's that, there's that fine line. Yeah. Empathy walking in their shoes, sympathy feeling bad for them. So you got to think about as, as you go through that and for hopefully other kids listening to this and, and thinking about you. I mean, I think the first important step is just that, empathetic, open mind and putting yourself in other people's shoes. I mean, that's more than half the battle as far as I'm concerned about, particularly for kids around all the bullying and just differences. And again, it goes back to you living in Spain and getting to know so many different cultures and, and your generation growing up in a much more multicultural environment and a small world given technology and ability to meet so many people, whether it's on, you know, stuff like this or, just in person traveling, it's just afforded you guys so many more opportunities. I want to touch on, it's interesting that you just said, and this is all unscripted, you know, we just kind of figure out what we want to talk about this week. And you brought this topic, but you mentioned curiosity. And I was just giving a speech at work yesterday to my team and telling them um, one of these slides we put together was just all about be curious and have a high level of curiosity. So it's interesting that you have that now. How do you how do you leverage curiosity? Any examples like where you use curiosity to your benefit in whatever, meeting new people, getting on a soccer team, 
in a classroom environment, that kind of stuff. Because it's all about, to me, asking questions, being curious to learn versus kind of putting on that brave face. Well, I, I don't need to know that. But then inside you're thinking, I wish I would have asked a question. How do you leverage curiosity yourself during the day to kind of make positive impact for you and those around you? I actually use, like I leveraged it today. I met a guy from Guinea today on my soccer team. Well, I didn't meet him, but I had a deeper conversation with him. So I started asking him questions. Why did you come to Spain? You know, just general stuff. Uh, how's the football in Spain? Soccer, I should say. And just building this little bit of connection that we have. And he started smiling. We started talking about life in the U.S. And I just wanted to, because I feel as if there's just so much, so much things going on in all of our lives. It, we kind of forget that it's just nice to just sit down and just have a chat with someone. I love being curious. I love learning about new cultures. I love learning how people live because that's just who I am. I'm curious. I love to know what people are going for in their lives. I love to know what they want to do. I love to know how their parents act, how they were raised, what are their values, all that stuff, because I want people to know that stuff about me. It's, it's, uh, and curiosity does, does have a, a lot of bad things. And like, you may be too curious if that's even thing you, you even told me be a sponge, absorb everything around you. And sometimes you're too curious. You ask the wrong questions. I don't really have any on the top of my head, but well, sometimes I think it's, some people culturally can be offended by asking so many questions up front. Yeah, uh, I, found, I found that out as well, uh, that some people feel it's almost intrusive if you're doing it. But again, I think it goes back to just intent. If you have good intent, you know, the way you ask questions and the way you talk to people is generally with a smile on your face and you know, a genuine interest in getting to know them. So I don't think most people aren't going to take that the wrong way, but sometimes it, it could be that they either it's a cultural issue or you've scratched on something that really is personal or emotional for them that they might not want to talk about. That could be it too. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of, that's the thing. I, I kind of, I kind of assume a lot of people have the same brain as me. I'm going to explain that because I feel as if a lot of people have that same curiosity, that tendency to open up. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm an open book. Like if you, if you ask me stuff, I'll tell you, I love, I love talking to people. That's, that's what I like to do. I've been doing it since I was a little kid and yeah. I kind of just think that everyone's the same way. And it's, it's really not. A lot of people are just closed yeah. off and I mean, it's all just about nurture and all that because the way I was brought up is just, be kind. That's, that's, that's basically what I was told. Be kind, be accepting, don't judge, be a lover, not a hater. And going back to that curiosity, just sometimes you can be too curious and it just, it also taught me a lot of things for human connection. It taught me to be more tolerant of other people's cultures and more tolerant of just how people do different things and not to judge. Mm -hmm. And it taught me to be, let me think about this for a sec. <laughs> no, just go ahead. I lost. No, I was just going to ask. I mean, I'm thinking as you're saying that, you know, you grew up in a, in a multicultural household, right? Mom's from Mexico, yeah. dad's from the U.S. So you got to see two different cultures growing up, speaking two different languages. And that I'm, I'm assuming that probably had an effect where I didn't grow up that way. I mean, I just grew up with both my parents are Italian American with, most, you know, three of the four grandparents born in Italy, but you grew up with mom born and raised her whole life in Mexico. 
her entire family living in Mexico and kind of saw two very different environments. I mean, not vastly different, but two very different countries, I should say. Uh, but also, I would say pretty different environments in terms of the unconditional love from mom's family. You guys were the first grandkids in the entire family. Everybody was going crazy for you. They would do anything for you guys. So, you know, when you think about that from uh, just the, the, the cultural difference, I guess that must have had a pretty huge impact on how you saw the world and, and probably highlighted the differences of what you see in the quote unquote typical American family versus the typical Mexican family. No? No, it did. It definitely highlighted that. It definitely made me more, uh, more grateful because for me personally, I feel as if that's what helped me become who I am. Just seeing all this random stuff, my mom yelling at me at Spanish, all this stuff, all this random stuff. My dad, the New York Bronx. Yelling, in a, po- yelling in a positive way, right? Yelling in a positive much- way. Yeah, positive <laughs> reinforcement. Uh, but I mean, La ropa, la ropa. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. If I could do my life over again, I'd do it the exact same way. But I feel as if, yeah, I, I really don't have anything else to say on that. That's that's just how I was raised. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, you know, one of the things when you're talking, I'm thinking about when you were a kid, you remember all the stories I used to tell about you that you would always make friends with kind of the outcast in, in the room. You remember that? Yeah. When, when people would bully a kid, you know, you were living in London when you were about four years old and there was one kid who was, I can't remember. One kid had like issues in the room. Then we moved to Spain and there was the really overweight kid that people would make fun of. And he became your buddy, Gregorio. I remember the name. I remember him too. And then, and then we moved back to Texas and you had a, a buddy in school. Grady, who had the, Grady right? Had the big uh, goiter on his face, big scar and everything. And, um, you know, you always just made friends with everybody. You never saw the physical characteristics that other people would make fun of. You just saw, you truly saw their heart and what kind of people they were. That was awesome. Did you notice that when that happened? And, or is it just that like, Never, just never, never. I honestly, I don't remember as a kid, but now growing up, unfortunately, a lot of people have just brought so much attention to people's differences that it has made me more attention, like is more attentive to people's imperfections. I should call them for lack of better words. And as a kid, I didn't really care. As kids, I don't think really a lot of people care. I, I mean, some kids do, but me, I would just, I was happy to just have a friend. I was happy to someone who could call my buddy to see, to hug, to just play Legos with all that stuff, to be a normal kid. Thomas the train. Yeah. I love Thomas the train. <laughs> but now when I'm older, I do, I do see people's differences. I do see, people with who struggle mentally who have deformations physically and it's sad because a lot of people point them out I point them out too I'm human I I I see and I judge sometimes which which sucks I want to become better at that and that kind of just makes me jealous when I was a kid because as a kid I was just this what's that guy's name the Indian dude he was the dude who was super nice to everyone as a kid when you were a kid yeah yeah no 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 it was this famous all right it's getting off topic it was like uh gandhi gandhi oh yeah 
I was Gandhi, basically. <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is why it's so cool doing this because, like, for an adult versus a kid, and you say the Indian dude, right? Yeah. It's, it's one of the most important people in <laughs> history of the world. So not what I would, how I would have exactly phrased talking about yeah, Gandhi, that Indian but, dude. But I got the point. Let me sidetrack real quick. I, I was watching the Joe Rogan experience uh -huh. and I, I remember that I forgot the dude's name. It was like Bakat something, another Indian dude. It just got me thinking. It was the best quote I've ever heard in my life. And he says, people have two lives. Uh, actually, no, people have one life or something. There's two lives, something like that. And they said, uh, the guy said, the, the real life starts when you realize you only have one because people are so complacent and just so hesitant on doing what they want. They just live their lives just through routine. And yep. the real thing starts is when you realize, oh, oh crap, I only have one of these. I gotta, I gotta live. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I have all these crazy sayings that you don't know about that I use more at work than I use at home. But one of the ones I tell everybody, and I said it a couple of times this week, which by the way, I want to talk about the uh, car accident after our podcast last week. But one of the things I always say is, you know, I've moved 26 times. You, since you've been born and you're 18, have moved 16. Well, now you moved to Spain. So 17 times. Yeah. That's a ton of moves. And I always tell people, most people say you only live once, but few people actually act on it and make and do something with that knowledge. And, you know, my view has always been for our family. You only live once, truly. So if there's an experience that we want to go try, let's go do it. As long as it's responsible and I'm taking care of the family and providing and all of that. And it's just like you going to Spain, right? I mean, that, what an opportunity to say you do only live once. So go for it and get out there and have fun. So that's, that's cool stuff. And that's just part of awareness. I think for people to say, rather than feeling to conform to whatever friends say, or the hashtag of the day or the, garbage that's on social media which i'm you know not a big fan of um you know checking out the stash what's up with that <laughs> i'm just checking it <laughs> All right, it's, it's looking good so thanks dad this is another one of those things about daniel that everybody's got to get to know is you can get distracted like nobody's business see now we're totally off topic yeah now we're reminding me of the time when we were out remember the time when we were trying to uh, play golf let's go get sushi so, you of course remember, I remember that. Of course like, I remember it vividly. You were like 10 years old. Yeah. I'm all serious. I got you standing over your ball. You're on the fairway. Mom and I are sitting in the golf cart and I'm telling you about, okay, man, you know, practice on your swing, focus where you want to hit the ball and you're doing all your stuff. You look like you're concentrating and then you just stop, put the club down, turn around and said, can we go get sushi tonight? <laughs> it's like, if that's the swing thought, actually it's pretty cool because you're relaxed, but you know, having a, focus sometimes for you was always yeah. a challenge. but it's a good thing for me about again don't take myself too seriously and don't take life too seriously yeah we got somebody in the room or what yeah carlo just walked in are we gonna have a special guest on on today's dristiano and dad podcast no he just left so yeah. did we talk about that you have a twin brother last week i don't think so but i think i mentioned him i don't think that was clarified that I have a twin brother. Yeah, that's twin also brother. a huge. I mean, these, these are the huge reason I am who I am. Obviously, I mean, we're we're basically the same person. We get the same humor. We have the same friends. We literally see each other twenty four seven, and I feel as if he's he's my other half. Like he's the 
I wouldn't say he's the brains. Actually, he is the brains. I would say that. <laughs> I was going to say, when you said I wouldn't say he's the brains, I was like, eh, yeah. Yeah, he's got it. But we just, we both think in such different ways, but we get along so well. It's crazy. Yeah. And you're fraternal, not identical. So if people are wondering yeah. that, completely, completely different looking. Um, but you do have eerily similar personality traits, not personalities, but personality, oh, no, yeah, personality traits. traits for sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's cool. We got to get him on uh, next week. Yeah, for sure. And that's the funny thing that you talk about before, just your curiosity and all that stuff and being able to speak to anybody. And Carlo does not like it. Yeah. Your brother actually texted me, Steve. He said, uh, anytime you need right. a guest speaker. Yeah. He literally just texted me anytime you need. So let's plan that. But I want to ask you let's, something. Let's pull him in as a guest speaker too. Go ahead. What's up? Yeah. Uh, do you think you're an empathetic person when you were growing up? Uh, absolutely not. No. I, I said, sadly, I think I had zero empathy growing up. But I, but the cool thing that I'm excited about being a learn it all is you can, I've always said you can pretty much learn anything. And I think I've definitely learned how to be more empathetic. And I got that from mom and from you for sure about just chilling out, not taking myself so seriously and what literally thinking about walking a mile in, in a person's shoes. What is it like to be like that person? What is it like to be, you know, whatever I viewed as different and, and didn't have empathy for and think about that. Because like I said, I mean, the way I grew up was just a lot about the, you know, Hey, we're just having fun. We're just, it's just a joke, but behind those jokes, when it's about people, people have emotions and feelings and they get hurt tremendously. So I think I've grown tremendously in learning to be way, way, way more empathetic, but you are still uh, levels ahead of me in that realm. And not all the time. I mean, you're not, don't, don't walk away here with a God complex, bro, because you're definitely not the world's most <laughs> guy. Uh, you have flashes of being an oh. but in general you are. So it's pretty freaking awesome yeah <laughs> yeah I do. I, love it. I do I love it but yeah. yeah I mean I think I think it's a cool thing that you're learning it you're learning it early and that you can impart that kind of wisdom on on your friends and people that you impact because for folks your age you know sadly you went through that at your school with a couple of suicides uh during your high school years which was horrible and you know, that's just an example of having that empathy and curiosity and talk to people could have averted those kind of things for some of those guys, right? Yeah, that's why it's so important to have human connection because yeah. literally saves lives. Just a hug a day. Yeah, a hug a day literally makes you happier. I, I don't know the exact statistic, but I, I, I hugged one of my friends on the bus today and he was, he was in a little bit of a, let's say, grumpy mood and he just was, was laughing. He's like, get off me, bro. And just little moments, it's little moments like that that can just change a person's whole day. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. That's something else we talked about yesterday in this, this meeting I did. And it was just about, you know, the simple thing of asking somebody, how are you? No, seriously, how are you? And, and getting them to talk. And my team, a couple of people on my team did that with me uh, this week, uh, referencing back to the car accident. So after we did the podcast last week, I got in a pretty scary car accident on the highway. Uh, I was driving home from Connecticut to Dallas at night and got hit by a semi at about 60 miles an hour and totaled our SUV. And thank God walked out without a scratch, major headache, 
bit of neck pain and back pain, but it was me and the dog in the car and nothing happened. But, you know, people I work with just stopped and said, seriously, how are you? That was a crazy experience. And mom actually pointed out it was my third, third near death experience. I had two plane issues, let's say, you know, almost plane accidents, commercial flying, which scared the hell out of me. So God's got me here for a reason. One of them is to do the Dristiano and dad podcast, which is awesome. Two is to get Chipotle to sponsor us. Oh no, yeah, Chipotle. No, yeah. no, sp- right. no sponsor. Yeah, no give sponsor. Chipotle a shout out this week, so we got to do that all the time. But uh, yeah, that and but that little bit of just people actually, you know, demonstrating true caring and empathy is a big difference than just like, hey, what's up? You okay? Good. Let's move on to the next topic. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, keep doing that with your friends. That's awesome. Yeah. So we got to think about next week. We'll uh, maybe we get either Carlo or I think we should we should shoot for hashtag Uncle Steve. What do you think? I agree. That would be the biggest brains in the world. No. Yeah. Why don't we think about next week? It's Uncle Steve talking about, uh, you know, a father of four kids from two different marriages with a big age spread between them. Kind of what's that like with that, that kind of mixed family and, you know, what he's been going through in his life and kind of his perspective on, on either that kind of blended family and kind of maybe stock, stock trading and fun stuff that uncle Steve and I do together. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. We could have Carlo in too. Oh my God. We got to get Carlo in. Carlo's a stock trader extraordinary. He's had a rough week this week though. He did or you did? He did. Hasn't talked about it. I know. Well, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) He talks about it when he's winning. Yeah. Yeah, Oh my God. That's all good. That's all good. All right. Well, cool. Danny, thanks for, uh, or I'm sorry, Dristiano. No, 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 no. Keep Danny, Danny. I'm just saying. Teasing you, but, but thanks for, thanks yeah. for getting us together again this week. This is awesome. We will uh, look for next week's podcast. I think we're going to start doing Saturdays. We decided. So for all those dozens of people, actually, no, there's a few hundred people watching us now, but for all those people who are watching, it should be every Saturday. So I'll look forward to uh, getting it going next week and see what kind of facial hair you're bringing. <laughs> yeah, you better change yours too all right i'll i'll rock something next week <laughs> I'm not sure what but we'll see all right buddy well good all to right, see yeah. you all right, right. Have see you too, good. and uh, we'll see everybody next week thanks for watching yeah.